This is GKW. Welcome to another edition of Good Karma Wrestling. I'm Gabe Nigel from ESPN Milwaukee. With me, as always, from ESPN in West Palm, he is Brian Rowitz. And ESPN 1000 in Chicago, he is Jonathan Hood. But only one of us was at the Royal Rumble this past weekend, and that is our guy, Brian Rowitz. Rowitz, you were at the Royal Rumble, had a lot of good, great coverage. If you subscribe to our YouTube page, you got to see some of that coverage that he was putting out there uh, from the Rumble. What were your overall kind of just takeaways from being a member of the media at the Rumble this year? I think the biggest thing, and I know Twitter usually steers negative, is there was so much complaining about how dead the crowd was. And meanwhile, I'm texting the buddy who's also there. It was loud. Like, people were super into things. And seeing the reaction, I was like, Wait, am I, am I watching the same show? Like, I'm so confused about that. So that was interesting. The press conference was, well, the press conference, and Triple H decided to do what he did. And the WWE dynamic versus the AEW presser, a little bit different, a little more buttoned up in the WWE world than we see in AEW. Well, you mentioned that press conference. Let's go ahead and play that clip because that's where we start the show mm-hmm. um, with Triple H's reaction to a question that he got at the press conference this past Saturday. An amazing week. Uh, just a ten-year, five billion-dollar Netflix deal. Rock joining our board. We just sold out the Royal Rumble for forty-eight thousand people in a truck can field. Um, I choose to, to focus on the positive. And yes, there's a negative, um, but uh, I, I want to focus on that and just keep it to that. All right, so um, that answer is kind of why I thought there'd be no chance that they would have a press conference after the Royal Rumble. And Uh I'm actually a little surprised that he was not more ready for questions or any sort of line of questioning around the dismissal of Vince McMahon based on the allegations that were made um, last week that Vince not only sexually assaulted someone, but also was involved in sex trafficking of that individual. Um, So I I guess we start here. What is your reaction to Hunter's comments on Vince McMahon? Because to me, it seemed like he missed the entire points of to me, what the lawsuit represents as we continue to learn more and more about the lawsuit. Go ahead, bro. It's, I think you're muted. First time here. We've covered plenty of, you know, sport, like legal situations in sports and the no comment. Yes, it goes a long way. We read into it, but that's usually the right approach. Triple H's going to, oh no, we're going to focus on the positive or, oh yeah, I haven't read the lawsuit. It felt so tone deaf being in that room and just listening to him double down like, no, no, we're focused on this, you know, Netflix and the Trump and the rock. That's what we're focused on. There are victims here. Like it was so weird to hear that and be there in person. I I get, by the way, I get wanting to focus on that. I get that. But then to like, just dismiss it as well. There is a negative. Like, no, this isn't, this isn't like the, the stock went down a point or two, man. Like this is, (laughs) this is more serious. And Again, as more people are coming forward with the lawyer for the lawsuit representing the plaintiff in this case, saying, hey, there are plenty of people coming out because this is a cultural issue at WWE that they're looking to eradicate. This went beyond, I mean, Vince McMahon was the main perpetrator. But again, if you study this lawsuit, they state that this is a cultural issue within WWE. And one of those questions was, hey, what are you guys doing in order to make sure something like this doesn't happen again? And he gives the generic, you know, everything answer. But 
he, it just seemed like he was wholly unprepared for it, which I don't know if he was, oh, everybody's going to be so jazzed up. Everyone's going to forget about that. No, man. Like, this is the first time anybody from TKO publicly spoke about this issue. You were getting questions. Yeah. Well, what I would say is, is that usually the WWE does this right when it comes from the, a PR standpoint. You know, they try to be able to accentuate the positives as much as possible. So they usually get this right. For once they got this wrong, and this is how it should have gone, Triple H should have been able to have a statement first about mm -hmm. what's going on with the WWE, what's going on with Vince McMahon. You have a statement, you give your quote in that statement and say, I can't take any questions about it because it's an ongoing legal issue that's going on with Vince McMahon, even though Vince is not part of the company. He was the chairman of the board at one point. Uh, the authorities and those that are involved in this are still working on it. Obviously, we uh, have prayers, you know, thoughts and prayers, whatever they say about the, for the victim. But we have to talk about the Royal Rumble. I can't take any questions about it because of what's going on. It just seems as though as if the WWE was flat-footed, guys. Yeah. Like, I knew this was going to happen. It's amazing to me that Cody Rhodes was the adult in the room and didn't know that that question was coming, but already knew what the answer was. Cody has a way of being able to answer your question and then navigate to something else. You're mm -hmm. in the room. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Out of everybody else that was in there, you saw Cody Rhodes answer the question as if he was the CEO. Well, he knows about being front-facing for an organization like he did AEW, so his answer did not surprise me. Yeah, yeah because Cody's smart enough. Cody's smart enough to know the question's coming. So right. I guarantee, once he knew he was going to that, I mean, and any any one of these any one of these people, whatever sport you're watching, like if you're watching your favorite football team's press conference, like their PR team goes over there with their head coach, like, hey, here are some questions you might get asked. So they're not caught flat-footed. I don't know if WWE has that PR team, but I know because of Cody's experience as being that front-facing person, he in his mind, he's like, okay, if I get asked this question, here's how I have to handle it. Whereas with Triple H, it didn't seem like that thought crossed his mind. And this was two days in advance. We found out the lawsuit Thursday. This wasn't like, hey, something's circulating on Twitter. We might need to you know, answer this. Compared to AEW, Tony Khan answered questions about Jericho last time out. He wore a stupid hat. He was dressed up by Tony Storm during it. But he answered questions and knew that was coming. And that was all Twitter innuendo. Like, there was no actual lawsuit there. The fact that they were caught off guard by this was just baffling. Yeah, I'm 100% I'm with you, Hood. Like, I, yeah. when he sat down and he had that piece of paper in his hand, I thought for sure yeah. he had some sort of prepared statement on there. I'm like, oh, okay, this makes sense. And then he just completely ignored it all. And in hindsight, I have no idea what that paper was. It wasn't a box score. Like, what was it then? It, 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 was, it was the numbers about the Royal Rumble. That's how uh, Oh, sure. Uh, it wasn't a box score. I mean, well, well, turns out Gunter had this many eliminations. <laughs> like, is this is the Royal Rumble the only time you would get a box score guess, like, yeah. with the number of eliminations? I guess it was the, the PR stuff from the Royal Rumble. That's why I assume. I, I'll ask you this, bro. Did you uh, – were you surprised – that Bailey was not asked about Vince McMahon because I was. I was not because I my mindset going in, and we didn't know there was a presser until later in the day or even later in the night. I thought the talent was going to get let off the hook saying, hey, this isn't their fault. Like, let them have their moment. Triple H is the one that should face the question. And when you go into that room, you don't know who's going to be there until you're literally starting. Like, hey, Bailey, Cody, Triple H are going to talk. So I thought that was one way to sort of let them off and say, hey, it's their moment. I'm glad Cody got asked. Like you said, he answered the best out of everyone. But that was my mindset. Like the wrestlers, maybe they are separate because they weren't really around Vince as much.
See, I, to me, I think that's a miss. Sure. And so, and so you know, we, we tend to be able to kind of drift into real sports versus combat sports, script entertainment on this show because that's our background. We love wrestling, but we're so involved in real sports all the time and how real sports is, uh, how, it, how you go about it. See, a press conference to me, for me, Gabe, is just like any other press conference that the three of us has covered. If mm-hmm. there is a pressing story, the question has to be asked. It's weird in wrestling, though. This whole thing is like, you know, Bailey's there. She's a woman. She's been around, she's been around Vince McMahon. She's been around uh, John Laurinaitis. You have to ask yourself, hey, Bailey, you're a woman. You saw what happened as far as this lawsuit's concerned. How does it affect you and the women's locker room to see that story? That's not a bad question, but some for, for whatever reason, in wrestling, you're an asshole if you ask a question that's obvious. I mean, it's one thing for us to be entertained by the wrestling and the machinations of it and behind the scenes, but this is a serious story that a wrestling journalist or journalist, period, should be able to ask and not be afraid of. Well, and that's where these press conferences are... I, I like the press conferences and I watch them and I probably want, I, I would still watch them if we didn't do this podcast. Like I just, I, I find them for the most part entertaining, but what I also find really fascinating about it are the wrestlers or the performers who decide to do them in character versus out of character. Because I, because Cody does this thing where, and, and he can, because he's the white meat, you know, the white meat baby face guy. So he's, you know, he's basically almost playing himself. So he's kind of straddling that line where Bailey's Bailey's a heel. You know, yeah. she's she's supposed to be a bad guy. And she answered, she didn't answer those questions as Bailey. She answered them as Pam, the performer, who is behind Bailey, right? Like, and but you mentioned Tony Storm. Like she is fully in character when yeah. she's up there and putting the hat and everything on Tony, trying to make him break. But then you get the next person who, you know, like Julia Hart is not in character, you know. So trying to parse these things, it's just it's just a weird place. Which is why, yes, I can understand why maybe because you don't know if they're going to stand up there and perform. Are are they okay? Are they in character? Yeah, the character Triple H isn't a character on television right now. Right. Triple H is just the head of creative. It's how he's announced when he sits down in that press conference. So I can understand maybe again not asking the performers and just leaving that to Triple H because you don't. It's a flip of the coin whether or not the the person up there is going to be in or out of character. I completely agree. And like any of these I've covered, like. Uh, covering all out, Christian went up there in character and was making dad jokes, and it's like, why are we doing this? Like, what is the point of this? And that's why when we all talked on Thursday about whether there would be a presser, we all agreed, like, you know what? You don't have to do it. There is no league saying, hey, you have to meet with the media Saturday night. Just don't do it. And by mania, maybe it's you know blown over enough that you're like, oh, we don't need to talk about this anymore. So the fact that they did it and then still were surprised just doesn't add up to me. Well, look, I'm glad that they had it had because that was our speculation before Royal Rumble, right? have a press conference. I, when we found out Saturday afternoon that there would be, I said, okay, I'm tuning in. Let's, let's see mm-hmm. what's going to be. But it was not handled properly. I'll say this also, guys, is that there obviously there's more layers to this. If, if you thought that Triple H was tone deaf, well, probably one of the reasons why is because who knows if he's implicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, look, we respect Triple H and what he's doing with WWE, but for the first time in our lifetimes, the three of us and many of our listeners and, and viewers, we're seeing someone that's not in the McMahon family running the WWE. There's no McMahon there. 
mean, the son-in-law's there and, and, and Triple H, Paul Levesque, but there's no McMahon in the room or in the offices of Stanford, Connecticut. So what I'm saying is, is that with the Laurinaitis story today, uh, where there's, you know, the Brock Lesnar and others that work closely to Vince, do not be surprised if others that we know could be part of this lawsuit. So maybe Triple H, and again, I'm not saying that this is the case. What I'm saying is, it, it is speculation that Triple H had some knowledge of what Vince was doing. Not saying he participated, but of course, you work that closely with the man, you know exactly what's going on. And he didn't want to put his his father-in-law on a stake at the Royal Rumble uh, press conference. He didn't want to do it. And that's why the no comment and I hate the legal matter, like that covers all those bases. Because now, if ever there is any sort of smoke around his name, we can play this up and be like, oh, no wonder he didn't want to talk about it. No wonder he wanted to focus on the positive. Like, it's just so tone deaf. Yeah. And oh, by the way, if he was unaware of what was in the lawsuit, then how come we didn't get Brock Lesnar yeah. at the Royal Rumble and he was reportedly replaced by Braun Breaker? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't have said that because even yeah, like, you might have re read the lawsuit, which he did because it's Triple H. He's a cerebral assassin, of course. And I don't mean the character, the wrestling character. This guy is smarter than everybody. Mm -hmm. you know why? Because throughout all the BS in the WWE and all the smoke clears, look who's at the top of the company. Right. The guy that didn't do drugs, the guy that didn't drink and hang out with the clique, the guy that was as a wrestler with Vince and creative in the 90s. Okay, to learn the company, to, to be able to marry the boss's daughter, to continue to move his way up to the company, and now he's at the top of the company, and there's no McMahon's anywhere. So he's smart, Gabe. He's very smart in what he does. That that whole cerebral assassin thing is not just because he carried a sledgehammer. He knows yeah. it very well. Yeah, nobody believed you. <laughs> like you're you're one of the higher ranking executives in this company, and there was a lawsuit that was released on Thursday, and I'm supposed to believe you didn't. Give it a once over? No. I know. Listen, Brooks, I know what you're saying. You say it's, it's tone deaf. But all I'm saying is, let's just wait to see if he, his wife, his wife left the yeah. company. So, I, like, so there's something there. I'm not saying that Triple H is guilty. I'm not saying that on Good Karma Wrestling. What I'm saying is, is that he knows. That's why he couldn't say anything at the Royal Rumble. But it was handled and bungled uh, really badly because... You have a statement, and then you move forward. Nick Khan should have been able to tell him that before he took the stage. Yep. We move on from this world to, I don't know, some of the funner stuff, the lighter side of professional wrestling, and maybe some of the lighter side that maybe Browitz and we enjoyed of my favorite event of the year, the Royal Rumble. We'll see if that's involved in what we call the three count, the other top three stories in the world of professional wrestling. What do we have, Brian, this week, number one? Let's start in the AEW world, sort of a wellness check. Let's check things out. What is the AEW story you are most into right now? So, in order to... <laughs> what are you chuckling about, J-Hood? <laughs> we go from Vince and John, John Lord. Hey, here's AEW. What do you think? <laughs> to Orange Cassidy walking out with a title and a backpack. That's 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 what we're going to. I actually... Um, so, just to kind of, like, get my bearings on this, I wrote down, just off the top of my head, like, okay, what's going on in AEW right now? And I actually was able to come up with quite a few storylines, which, again, has been a criticism that we've had in the past. Now, again, I'm not saying I like all of them, but the fact that they have a bunch of them going. Um, wow. But the best thing that they have going is this... Um, kind of this triangle that they have between Joe, Hangman, and Swerve. Uh, it was the it was the 
focus of the show last night when they did the wild card dealer's choice, which led to some great matches, by the way, um, to start and end the show. And then Samoa Joe. Like, I feel very similar about Samoa Joe the way I feel about CM Punk. Like, if Joe's injured, and, and WWE was smart enough to do this when Joe was injured. They gave him a microphone and threw him behind the desk. It was fantastic. Like, if CM Punk is going to be like, hey, throw him on one of the announce desks. You know, I just want to hear this guy talk. Like, his line last night going into the main event of Swerve versus RVD, saying that RVD's kicks have harmed more teeth than gingivitis was fantastic. It was the line of the night. It was tremendous. Um, yeah. But that that's the one I think I'm most into, A, because I'm a huge Samoa Joe fan. And Hangman and Swerve have reached fight forever status. Like, you can heat this up at any point, and you're probably going to be able to hook me pretty easily. But Swerve has to win next week, right? No. You know he does no, not. I don't think... I don't think he does because whenever Swerve gets that title shot, I think he's got to win. And I think it's too, too soon for Joe to drop the title. Okay. It's Tony Khan booking. It smells like a three-way revolution. Sure. I'm just telling, like, I know that's a cop out because you wanted to, because Joe against Hangman, Joe against Swerve are, is going to be a banger match. Somehow, some way they'll figure it out because they still got a month to figure this out. I can see this being a three-way. And that's really unfair because, I mean, in the rankings, they're one and two, I think, for the AEW yeah. and uh, Hangman. So somehow I think this is – somehow through the next month, this will work its way into a three-way dance. That's what I think. Um, so it, it's interesting, Gabe, because that's the thing I wrote down. I wrote down Samoa Joe is champion with the suit. No cigar, though. I miss the cigar and the I, I I do. I mean – Again, I don't know if you can bring that out to the ring or if that's just more of a backstage segment thing, but, you know. I, I think that that's the most interesting thing, and here's the, here's why. I don't know, is it my TV, or does AEW feel like a reset? Like they're resetting everything. Like the Young Bucks are heels, and they're like producers with the headset on, and we got John Moxley and Claudio Castagnoli and that whole uh, Blackpool Combat Club. Don't know if their faces are heels, you know, like like John Moxley gets attacked by uh, a Mexican group that nobody knows uh, on the, at the at the arena uh, Wednesday night. I don't know. It's just like Eddie Kingston is just you know is solid. We like him as Continental Champion, but he's just kind of just you know just around. Orange Cassidy has banger matches, but nothing spe- specific. Unless Gabe, you have that list because that's the most interesting thing. The rest of it is just great matches. Mm-hmm. That's what I yeah. See. Well. So right now you've got Orange versus the Undisputed Kingdom. You have the elite storyline being woven in with Sting and Darby, which is woven in with Rick and Big Bill. Um, yeah, right. So they're building some CMLL thing versus BCC, which they're going to have a match. I'm not sure what that is. Um, Tony, obviously Tony Storm. Yes. Um, and what she's got going on with Perazzo, which, by the way, great match with Perazzo yep. and Taya Valkyrie. Shocking, right? Like two Wait, great but- women wrestlers putting on a show last night. Hold on a second. Um, you, you watched the match? There was a match in the ring. All I heard was barbs. All I heard was Tony. <laughs> she discovered who who Excalibur is. It's Sean Mooney. We we found that out <laughs> last night. It's like what is going on? I, I didn't know there was a match in the ring because yeah. She, well, they missed the they missed the end of the match because they were focusing on Tony Storm. They had the camera on Tony as Ty is tapping out, which you know a bit of a miss. But and Tony is sort of pushing the line of a TV. You know, tits out, talking about beads and things like that. It was a. <laughs> Very risky night on commentary. Um, you have FTR versus the House of Black, uh, Edge versus Christian. Well, uh, excuse me, um, Adam Copeland versus Christian Cage. 
Um, you got something going on, maybe a trios unification potentially um, with, I don't know. I'm guessing that's what that's eventually what going was to lead that to promo last night. I'm, I'm just a way to get six guys that are over out there together, I guess. I'm just not to sure. Say catchphrases? Well, yeah. Well, okay. So <laughs> we don't get a rap. No. Do, nope. And they don't have do any business. No. Nope. So what was the point of them? Why, why give them six plane tickets to come to New Orleans to do nothing? That was an off-air end-of-show promo. Yeah, send the crowd home happy. Yeah, that's what that was. But um, and then, then you mentioned Eddie. So, like, Eddie versus the BCC is still something that's kind of going on, um, especially the way that Brian Danielson ignored Eddie all throughout Collision. And then as he's walking off, gave him the burn, <laughs> which was just great. Uh, so, I mean, again, they've got a lot of things going on. It's it's Nothing's, like, super hot, but I think they've got some things that they can build on in the next month as we get to Revolution. That's the weird part. Like, Collision was amazing on Saturday from a wrestling standpoint, even though no one probably watched it because the Rumble was on. Well, uh, Jay had watched it. Um, but, like, Dynamite-wise, it sort of felt just sort of, all right, like, there's been good matches. But storyline-wise, outside of that main trio in the world title picture, there hasn't been a lot going on. Like, I love the Tony story. Brian versus Eddie is always going to hook me from a personal standpoint. The rest is sort of, all right. The tag title yeah. promo last night was good, though. Yeah, because that well, and the undisputed kingdom just hasn't caught on yet either. Like they're obviously kind of feuding a At little bit all. with Orange, but it's not. I don't know. It just hasn't, and and that's probably honestly because they screwed over MJF, and MJF had to go away for surgery. So right. they they just haven't caught any of that heat, despite having what should be an interesting crew. Yeah, I think the problem is is that AEW, if they just had like a second or third show, they could put some of these wrestlers on, then you can kind of. Oh, wait a minute. They do have a second and third they show. They do. They have a fourth show, too. You yeah. have plenty of ways to spread this talent. That's the whole point. You don't have to keep jamming this stuff in. You have way too – you have a lot of talent. I disagree, by the way, when we well, – sometimes on the show we say they have too much talent. There's no such thing as too much talent. There's no such thing as booking too much talent and, 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 and having a scatter shot where you see something hot once and then you don't see it again for another month. Like this whole thing with like Wardlow, for instance, right? Good to see Wardlow in there. Do we see Wardlow in another singles match for the rest of the month? I well, love no, hope no, because he's probably hurt. <laughs> that's that's just mean. <laughs> I, I saw his knee buckle last night. Yeah, he's supposed Dude. to do that. <laughs> I saw that too. I just that's it's, it's fine. Just being consistent. That's the whole thing I see with AEW. Like, again, the in-ring action solid. But then when we get something like, how about this, the match with, um, what's the, the match we saw with Hangman Page, a singles match that we saw? Yes. I don't even remember the dude's name, but that was an incredible match. It was really good. Yeah. yeah. The singles match that we saw um, was just, was amazing. What I'm saying is, is that that guy from the embassy needs to get hot. That, yeah, that was a, a fantastic singles match. Yes. But, hey, Ring of Honor, that's where he is. You can find him there. You got to pay $9.99 yeah. a month. Though. Throw him behind the paywall. <laughs> but, and, yeah, I think and maybe because of the time between pay-per-views, so they're sort of just treading water right now. Like Maybe now we see it ramped up. Next week, you have the tag title match. You have the number one contender match. You have an announcement. So maybe that's all why we're feeling this way right now because they're just sort of treading water getting ready for the pay-per-view. Yeah, it's uh, to Toa Leona. Toa Leona in that singles match. And by the way, Heyman Page made him. They made a star. 
Then, I mean, mm-hmm. think of Hangman Page is supposed to be one of the top contenders for the heavyweight championship, and he gave everything. They made he made Toa look so strong in that match. Uh, Imagine yep. candidate, right? But if I don't see him, Gabe, in a couple weeks, Brian, then that's a problem because he he gave Hangman Page everything to the point where you're looking at him like, how come this guy's down on my TV more times than not as a singles competitor, right? Yeah. But, if, but if you just bury him in the, in the embassy, not good enough. Which is, but, uh, honestly, I, I was surprised they didn't go with Brian Cage in that spot because at least we've seen Brian Cage on television versus Toa Leona, like, and I'm glad we got him on TV, but like you said, if, if he doesn't, despite having five hours of television every week, outside of Orange Cassidy and the Blackpool Combat Club and Samoa Joe and Hangman and Swerve, like it's kind of inconsistent about how often people are showing up on TV. But that's why to the point about Swerve, as hot as he is, if he loses next week and then isn't in the main event of the pay-per-view, is he going to cool off? No, I mean, I, you expect him to be in a top match of Revolution. Like, like I said... They're just going to tread water until they make this a three-way dance because you got to have all three of them in the ring. Because if like if Hangman loses again, where does he go? Hangman right. is not as he was when he first got to the company. There's an edge to him that I really like the Magnum TA mustache. I mean, he's he's it's working for him. Same thing with Swerve. People, I mean, look, there's no Prince, and we're still getting the Swerve dance from people in New Orleans because they recognize Swerve and they like him, and he's a babyface. And he had a hell of a match in the main event of, of Dynamite with RVD, a slimmed down RVD. So I just think that that's the go RVD to. looked so good. Yeah, like I was not expecting. Like I mean, because they they had teased it right, like so you knew it was RVD because in the promo that was cut on Collision by Hangman, you know, he said he was going to make him wait the whole effing show. It's like okay, and it all right. The smell in the back. He mentioned that. I recognize those smells. <laughs> Again, uh, good joke. But like for RVD to look that good, when's the last time RVD looked like that? Ten years ago? Yeah, I mean, slim down and still can be able to do the same moves he did in ECW. I bet that leg, that leg lariat, while an opponent is like like Swerve was draped across the rail, that had to probably feel like a baseball back to his back. I mean, that had to feel like that old 53-year-old leg, boom, right across the back. That had to feel horrible. I mean, he, the rolling thunder is still smooth. The leg kind of cover thing that he does still incredibly smooth. Like that match was, it, it, I, I don't know. I, I wasn't expecting, I was expecting to be entertained. It ended up being a really good wrestling match. And also the old guy department we talked about last week, Jeff Hardy, solid again. Jeff Hardy was solid. Um, so, so I think that Matt Hardy should take like notes. Three in a row. That's, that's like, a, he's on the, he's on a streak. That's like three yeah. in a row. And, Heel. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we haven't seen that since TNA. That's pretty good. I like Jeff Hardy with a little edge because, you know what, it just redefines the character. Like, we all respect Jeff Hardy. Matt Hardy? Okay. We respect Jeff Hardy, right? And so, <laughs> I mean, just come on now. We respect Matt. Like, we don't want him in the ring right now. We yeah. respect him. <laughs> we don't want him in the ring. Listen <laughs> to that double-sided coin right now. <laughs> Listen to that. Did you hear that, Prophets? <laughs> Come on, we respect I, him. I, 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 I respect what he's done, but I just, you know. Has done. That, that's the key there. Yes. yes. Yeah, in past tense. Yeah. Look at Jeff, though. As a little bit of a heel, it, it just freshes up the character a little bit. I like that. like it a lot. What do we got at number two this week, Brian? All right, let's head back to Tropicana Field. The Rumble took place Saturday night in Tampa. Fill in the blank. The Royal Rumble matches were blank. Uh, the women's match really connected for me. 
um, the men's match just kind of felt, and it just, it felt a little flat. Like you didn't really have any, I mean, what were the big, what were the big surprises and big returns that were supposed to pop the crowd? Andrade, you know, yeah, but no, no, the the big spot is Ron Bricker taking Brock Lesnar's spots. Yeah. Yeah. That was just, Bron, you're going to do all this stuff. (laughs) Throw him in there. That's what happened. The, everything um, you saw from Braun Breaker, that was supposed to be Brock Lesnar. The, so yeah. this is a different actor in here, right? This is supposed to be all the spots. And, and boy, they made Braun look strong because that's what Brock was supposed to do. He's a look, supposed to look strong in the Rumble. So, I mean, that was a highlight. Did you expect Braun Breaker? I did not. Well, they didn't either. That's what it took to get Braun called up. Like, we were wondering why he's in it, when he's in that called up. Like, uh, we can't use Brock. Braun, you're up. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean the I mean the Pat McAfee moment was comical, you know, when he steps in, steps out, and then just decides to eliminate himself. Our truth doing the hot tag thing, but I mean, part of the fun of the Rumble and why I think the Rumble's gotten big is because, and and I know Bailey kind of talked about this of, of at least on the women's side not having to ro- rely on a lot of the past legends to come back because that that roster has grown so much even on the men's side like having one or two legends in there just to kind of pop the crowd just to kind of change things up over the course of 30 people I think would have added a little more pizzazz and again like it just in this is probably no through no fault to the WWE and I, I'm, I'm a Sammy fan like I love Sammy I was a little disappointed that 30 wasn't the rock, right? Because we're, we're not sure he's, you know, oh, is he going to come out? That would be a huge pop, really kind of get people moving on from everything else and all the negatives that triple H didn't want to talk about, you know, the rock coming back that, that really pop a crowd and it ends up being Sammy, which ends up being again, through no faults of Sammy's just a, okay. I guess we're not going to have any big surprises this year at the rumble. I think we figured this out. The number 30 spot is the death spot. Uh-huh. A thousand percent. That's what it is. Yeah, I've never heard Rey Mysterio booed so much when he was number oh. thirty. <laughs> Peter's Pittsburgh, if I'm not mistaken, like yeah, like, yeah. That, that's just. I mean, if it's if it's a free agent that you expect, and that free agent is to come, and it's one of the regulars, you will get booed mm-hmm. at the stadium. It's not that, that that happened to Sammy, but just the point is, like people expected something else. Same thing with thirty and the women's ah. Uh, here comes Mercedes. Here comes Mer- oh no, Mercedes. Live Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> you know the third. So I think thirty is the death spot. How, what? How did you take it, bro? It's in the arena where people anticipating like Mercedes and or uh, someone else in the men's. Yeah. So that's the thing. It's funny. From where I was, I was behind home plate. The dugout where they were coming out was first base side of Tropicana, and I couldn't see the numbers. So after Sammy came out, I had to check Twitter. I was like. Oh, that was number 30? Like, that was it? Because the crowd was so dead and so not into it. That match just felt like it was going through the motions. Whereas the women's match, it felt like stars were made. Like, you had the Jade moment. You had Nia looking like a damn beast, like doing what she was doing. Jordan Grace getting that moment. Like, there were stars made in that match, and that was the biggest takeaway and the biggest difference is everyone is super into this. They were shocked when Becky was eliminated. Like, that was the biggest difference in those two matches. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on the men's side. Like I was disappointed by it, and I, yeah, it just kind of felt like they were going through the motions just to kind of get down to the last two that it ended up being. Where the women's match, like I feel that the pay per view after the women's match just kind of went downhill. The the 
Yeah. The, I mean, the Fatal 4-Way was what it was. I enjoyed the way that, especially um, Kevin Owens using the Brass Knucks and the way that match ended, I really enjoyed I, I thought that was a smart and clever way to do that. Um, with him getting caught right after you think he's going to win, he's going to get him, and then the ref at the last second, wait a minute, you're still wearing those Brass Knucks. Like, I've, I found that enjoyable. Um, but, the yeah, the Men's Rumble, it just kind of lacked any sort of popper excitement. And I know people, what, what were the reactions, Brian, of people in the arena? Because I know a lot of talk on social media this week has kind of been around, oh, does the WWE have an entrance music problem where some of these, you know, entrances just aren't recognizable so you don't get those pops? Yeah, I think that was a big part of it. Like, the music hits and everyone's like, all right, I need to see a name. I need to see someone come out. Like, who is it? Like, oh, that's who it is. I think also comparing the two, the first five of the women, you get Naomi, you get Bailey early, you get Jordan Grace. The bar is set up here. Nothing past that bar the rest of the night. And my thought was, all right, this is the first five of the night. The bar has been set. This is going to be fun. And it's like, oh, everything else is a step down the rest of the night. So that was sort of the feel. Everyone's just sort of like, eh, whatever. That's yeah. so that's so interesting when you listen to wwe music it's not jim johnson anymore he's 70 years old but <laughs> the interesting things from the 80s and 90s but like half the themes to me from my tv sound like oh that they all are the same mm -hmm. it's it's it's, it's kind of weird like it's like a a light little harp or like organ or whatever and then it goes into whatever they all kind of sound the same to them yeah like the 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 entrance the the beginning of bailey's and the judgment day's yes. entrance so similar Thank like you. so <laughs> similar like uh, i can't you know if i hear that out of, and i'm not in the room i'm like wait i'm not quite sure who that is going to be coming in um, but yeah, and, and you mentioned, yeah, the women's and they told a good story within the ring and it just, yeah. yeah, the men's, it just didn't connect for me. It just didn't connect. We usually get those moments where you're like, all right, that's going to be a mania match. I left the women's rumble saying there's like five women's matches you can book for mania. The men's side, like, what was it? Like Drew and Punk, maybe obviously that's changing now, but like, there really wasn't much like, oh, I want to see that more of that at mania. Like, even the Jane and Bianca, the stare down with no inner, like no physicality, that was perfect. What did we talk about last week, guys? I said, when you see them, it's going to look like a poster. And it was so perfectly shot with the WrestleMania sign over the shoulders, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I put those two together and that they would face off. And, I, and when you saw them, muscle on muscle, face on face, two sisters looking at each other, I was like, yep, that's money. That's uh -huh. money some point that's going to be box office who knows what that match is going to end up being or when we're going to see that but when i saw them face to face i said that's what i was looking for the money shot yep. that's what i wanted the rumble i mean but you didn't even get like they didn't even try like it i, I know kofi hasn't been able to land the ridiculous spot you know he's he's it's, it's gotten botched the last two or three years they didn't even try this year nope. like he just got unceremoniously tossed by gunther it's like, oh, okay, well, I guess he's not really going to have a chance at winning the IC title on Monday. Like, give me a little intrigue there or something. And it just it just seemed like everything that you're expecting out of the Rumble match, it just kind of just kind of fell flat. And and honestly, like, and it makes sense now with the punk injury, but like the 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 last bit of action with those two wasn't great. No, punk did a great job selling long. it with all the talking that he did, but it wasn't like great in-ring action. Not at all. Like that, that felt too long. I'll even say, going back to the women's match, they did enough with Naya that I was able to convince myself, you know what? If Naya wins here, it's okay. 
Yeah. Like, that's how good they made her look. <laughs> I, I didn't get my wish at number one, by the way, with her. <laughs> I, don't, I wanted it for an hour. It didn't happen. <laughs> I, did, I didn't get my one hour of Naya. Because um, so you can always hear certain things in the crowd. Did you hear like Okada chants or anything nah. like? So I mean, because I want to know what what did the audience want from the men? That's the weird thing. Like there wasn't rock chants. It was just sort of like dead. And I don't know if it's because like it was a long show, but there were only four matches. Like there wasn't that overwhelming. Like it was just sort of disappointment. I was like, huh. That's why, like I said, when Sammy came out, I didn't realize it was thirty. Because there wasn't even like, oh, it's not The Rock. It was just, eh, whatever. Like, we're almost going home. I was like, oh, that's it? No one else is coming out? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it. yeah. I felt like the, the crowd was into it at first with Jimmy versus Jay. And then yeah. it just kind of. They you know, like, know it was cool. Yeah. But then they get, I mean, the, the men's rumble matches didn't give the crowd any reason to be excited. No. Uh, so Gabe and I are clear. What was the pop like for Jordan Grace? It was impressive. And then to get an, a TNA chant, like, I'm always amazed by that. Like, we joke about that. We're like, yeah. oh, who's actually watching? But maybe being in Orlando or Tampa area, they were into it. I think we, I think a lot of times we don't give WWE fan, like, oh, it's just yeah. their general fan. Like, they're paying attention, man. Again, I go back to the AJ Styles debuting, and like, they know they're paying attention enough. Especially if you're going to a show, if you're going to one of these bigger shows, like you pay attention enough. Maybe not the crowd that shows up, you know, on the random Friday in <laughs> September, you know, in, in Green Bay. Maybe, maybe that's not the crowd that's, you know, going to know who Jordan Grace is as she walks down the ramp. But the ones that are going and spending the money and traveling to go to the Royal Rumble, to go to WrestleMania, they recognize a lot of these names. And yeah. shout out to the fans who paid for floor seats that didn't face the ring. There was a whole section facing this way. Like away from the ring, it's like uh, guys, the ring. That's like, that's like so. Like you're here, and the ring's yeah. over here. Yeah. So you're just constantly watching like this. Uh huh. Let's go, Naya. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, the neck. Uh huh. <laughs> that's that's not good. But you know what? What's the expression? If you know, you know. The wrestling fan knows. Yeah. Is, yeah. You don't have to be watching TNA every week to know who Jordan Grace is. You're on social media. It'll pop up in your feed. You don't have a WWE-only feed. And if you right. do, you're still going to get AEW stuff. You're still <laughs> going to New Japan. So they don't, when you see someone that looks that impressive, and by the way, she wasn't in there for a cup of coffee. She was in there yeah. for a little Jordan mm -hmm. Grace. And that is the old school of wrestling, guys. And this is not anything new. Back in the day, these organizations would work with one another. Hey, I need some some talent for this to fill out the rest of my card. Can I take your champion or can I use a couple of your – yeah, no problem. Can we do a talent swap for the night? They used to do this all the time. So I'm just glad that Triple H realizes, look, TNA is never going to catch up to where we are. <laughs> I mean, not even like ever. But you know what, though? We can put their champion – uh, Mickey James or a or a Jordan Grace on our Rumble. It doesn't hurt. Yeah. No one say, "Oh, that's Jordan Grace. I'll never watch WWE again." That that's not happening. I think my favorite part about Jordan Grace though was in the interview she gave afterwards. She was talking about how many people were pissed off at her backstage, not because she was there, because they didn't tell her. Like she didn't tell them that she yeah. was coming and going to be on the Rumble. Like uh, you know, Trinity was upset, and uh, AKA Naomi. I guess she's back to being Naomi now that she's in WWE. But like all these women that that she's crossed paths with before, like. 
what are you doing? Why did you tell me you were going to be in the Royal Rumble? And she, because like she didn't believe it herself until she actually showed up that she was going to be used. And it, it was it was really cool seeing her reaction of being able to participate in something like the Royal Rumble. And also those two interacting in the ring got a massive pop. Yes. Well, like the, the callback to impact it is like, what are we doing here? See, now that, that, that's exactly what Gabe's saying right there. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, pro WWE crowd, probably international crowd. They all know wrestling. Wait a minute. They just wrestled two, two weeks ago in Las Vegas. TNA. TNA. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's, that's the point that we're making, which is a great one. We're all wrestling fans. You can, you can plant your flag wherever, but people know. And who knows who was watching? They probably know the match. Maybe they didn't order the pay-per-view. But the point is, like, they know those two were in TNA together, and now they're hooking up in WWE. That's awesome. That's an awesome moment. We've also talked about her on the show before, but Tiffany Stratton is a star. Yes. She should be on the main roster today. Yes. Hmm. And she came in at 29. That made me think, hey, is she going to last? You know, but, Final four. Right? I mean, great well, job. And I also really like the way they did the ending. And I think it's easy to compare it to the men's because the men's lasted too long. Yeah. But to do it as kind of quickly as they did, and especially with the way Bailey's character has been, just to kind of quickly, slyly do it while you know those two are kind of fighting on the apron, quickly throw a leg in there, kick you know, kick Liv Morgan out, and next thing you know, you're the royal. Like it was just a lot. It was a lot better put together. Whoever produced the match, tip of the cap to them on the women's side. Yep. Yeah. What do we got? Yeah. And number three. All right, one of the big stories to come out of that rumble, CM Punk, a torn tricep expected to miss four to six months, which obviously going to change some WrestleMania plans. So how did you guys get the fantasy book, the Seth Rollins title for WrestleMania? I'll tell you what. The Seth versus uh, Cody promo was pretty good. It was. Made a lot of good points. Uh-huh. Hey, this is the Workman title. Now, I, I fully do not expect... Cody to bite at that. But what it did is it gave WWE a little bit more time of Cody going, oh, it's a good point. Let me think about that. It gives them a little bit more time to try to figure out or maybe come up with some extra bucks to throw at The Rock to show up at WrestleMania. Who knows? But, I mean, clearly CM Punk was one of going to be one of their big attractions at WrestleMania. Like, him being back in the company was going to be big for them. So, trying to figure out how all these pieces now work together, they bought themselves some time no matter what direction they decide to go in. But that was an interesting seed to plant. And honestly, at this point, I understand it's not the, you know, the WWE title heritage line, whatever that monstrosity of a cha- of championship has become, whatever lineage it has that Roman Reigns has. But honestly, like, I, I think they could do a... Because to me, the disappointment of Cody winning and going after Roman is... We should have just done this last year because there's nothing with the bloodline that they've done this year that has made Cody winning this year more worth it. Should have just done it last year. So to me, going that direction, Cody versus Seth, I think you could tell a better story with Cody versus Seth. Well, we saw with Cody and Rollins, that was cinema. Mm -hmm. That was cinema because it planted a seed. You know what? What you know what got me as an old schooler is that Seth Rollins called it the Dusty Rhodes title, <laughs> and he said it in Florida. Oh God, my heart was swooning. Like ah, in the state of Florida, he calls it the Dusty Rhodes title because that's what Dusty was trying to get to. 
either Harley Race or Ric Flair with the World Championship. But it reminded me of the championship uh, wrestling from Florida days where Dusty Rose is just, all he wants is the NWA championship, a chance and to win it for the people. And it, um, you saw Cody's face. He always looked, anytime you mentioned his dad, you get him to cry. Mm-hmm. And that look on his face, you know, just like, ah, yes. And he goes, let me think about it, which is which really extends out this whole story. As you know, guys, I've always said that the Seth Rollins championship is a true world heavyweight championship because you just don't see Roman enough. Roman's run has been fantastic. But as soon as they put the stamp of universal on there, I'm like, universal champion? That's not the world champion. I always thought that that was murky. And so I consider Seth the champion. And I'm just saying that if The Rock is not going to be at WrestleMania, and I have, I, I'm thinking that he's not now. Who knows? If The Rock is not going to wrestle at WrestleMania, just call me Mr. Three-Way Dance because this is a Roman Rollins-Cody situation for all of it. For all of it. Not just the Universal Championship, but also Rollins Championship. This is, again, predicated if Rock's not going to be there. And then Roman Tomorrow- wins another title? No more un- more unification. They've no, already that, got two championships wrapped up in that. It'll be one championship again, and Cody tells his story not just by telling the story once, but twice winning both championships in Philadelphia. Why does the tag champs have to carry both belts? By the way, it's a good question. <laughs> Very odd. I think it's a rip. <laughs> it's a rip at the airport. <laughs> wish wish I had an answer for you. <laughs> rip. <laughs> After Cody won, I, I was not excited about, at all about a Cody Roman Mania main event. Like, we right. saw it. It'll be a good match. It'll be fine. I don't hate Rollins versus Cody at this point. Mm-hmm. I also don't know if Rollins is good to go. So, like, that's, in that's my issue. Head, I'm booking as if Rollins will not be at Mania. And you need to get the belt off of him. You have Elimination Chamber. In my head, I put it on Drew there. Drew has earned a championship. He has been so good at everything he's doing. Reward him even for a month. Hey, you're the champ. Take us to Mania. And then we get to Mania. Sami Zayn, save the day. Oh, would you stop with this? We're here. We're back, baby. Let's go. Yeah. Sami Mania, let's go. All right, so so Bruce, you just blew blew past the rock thing. I'm asking what what I'm saying is that's the other match. Here's what I'm asking. So if 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 it is Cody versus um Rollins for the WWE championship, I'm fine with that. What what does what does Roman do? It has to be Dwayne. There's no other solution there. But if yeah. there was, but if there is no Rock, then what? Then it's then it's Cody versus Roman. Jay what? versus Roman. You want to see Cody versus Roman again? Do you? No, <laughs> no, I don't. Okay. Again, I, just... I think you can tell a better story with Seth versus in. And honestly, like the other thing I thought of, uh, you know, Seth being like, hey, this is the t- this is the workman's title. This is the title that gets defended. Like, no, you're not defending it until mania. <laughs> you're holding on to it. If you believe the words you were saying, Seth, you'd relinquish the title. But I digress. Um, that, that's that's the interesting part is you also don't know if Seth is going to be available. I don't know if they're trying to buy themselves time for rock. I also saw a really interesting theory. I wish I remember who I saw it from so I could give them credit, but I liked it of first raw on Netflix rock versus Roman. 
Sure. Because, because I mean, at that point, that that first Raw on Netflix, that's basically a PLE. It's the oh, same yeah. thing. It's behind a paywall. It's you know, so that to make that first Raw on Netflix a memorable one, that's when you push off Rock versus Roman. Wow, that would be huge because now you get all the subscri- the subscribers. It's like I gotta subscribe to see this, the ultimate, mm-hmm. and I can see it on Netflix. That would be amazing. Yeah, so maybe maybe they do that with Rock. Um, I, I, yeah, otherwise I don't know. My guess it my guess is ultimately we get Cody versus Roman yeah. because there's literally nobody left. Like, what are you well, gonna you're gonna somehow go Randy Orton versus Roman? No, you've you've built up. And by the way, Cody is your biggest baby face you got. Like he's going to be main eventing. He's going to be night two. So if it ends up being Rollins, to me, Cody versus Rollins is night two. And and but Seth versus Drew then night one or the it's got well maybe it's the women's championship. I feel like we've seen that. Okay, well I'm just well you asked you you, you mentioned Drew McIntyre. I mean, how does he fit in this? Is he going to take a championship and hop over the rail and and blow a kiss because his contract? Well, so I, 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 so honestly, that's where I I, I think Broitz's idea actually works out, where you reward. You know, you reward Drew, you give him a championship. Maybe that convinces him to stick around. Either way, he's dropping it at Mania. Yeah. You know, to a returning Seth Rollins or to Sami Zayn or give, give, give him what championship? Seth. Rollins? Yeah. Seth Seth Championship. Win. Win the Chamber. Seth. Chamber. You put you put the belt, the winner of the chamber gets the belt. Yeah. The title change at the, the elimination chamber. Yeah. There you go, Australia. You're not getting the rock. You're not getting punk, but hey, you're gonna get a world title change. Sure. I mean, they crowned, they crowned that champion in Saudi Arabia. This belt was created in the first day that there was a champion was in Saudi. So it wouldn't be unprecedented. They just did it six months ago. <laughs> the media card just looks so different right now. And, like, there are stars, but, like, it feels like there's no good stories. Because even the Roman story doesn't feel good right now. Uh, again, I- you could... Well, I guess that's predicated on if The Rock is coming in. Is he coming? Is he going to wrestle or not? That's it's February first, and we right. still don't <laughs> Rock wrestler. And I that it would be interesting if you knew that The Rock is a vet. See, The Rock did that promo in San Diego and talked about how you know I want to be at the table. Yeah. Did, it, did that mean TKO or at the table? <laughs> Which table is he talking about? That's not as fun as a tease. Not gonna lie. That doesn't do it for me. <laughs> That's Tony Conti's, right? <laughs> we got this big announcement. This big announcement. The Rock is part of TKO. Like, okay. Now what? What does that do for me as a fan, right? Yeah, because like, cause honestly, that's the last that's the last story to tell with Roman. Yeah. Like we talk about everybody finishing their story. There's only one more meaningful story to tell with the bloodline. There's only one left. We've burned through the rest of them. We got one left. And that's the rock. Do you blow and, it up and, into a bloodline four way? No. That doesn't do it for no, me either. No. That's backlash. <laughs> backlash. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't really do it for me. No. Like again, it's the, the rock is the last meaningful story yeah. to tell. And okay. that's the only way I think I'm gonna ex- get excited for a Roman match at WrestleMania at this point is mm-hmm. if it is if it's Dwayne. And then you can break the record, Roman. So we talk about the Royal Rumble being wide open and who could win it, and it ends up being Cody. But now WrestleMania also wide open of exactly how you fit all these pieces. Now that Punk is out, 
You don't have to worry about them. That story's closed. So how does Drew McIntyre fit into all of this? How does how healthy is Seth? When is Rock is Rock in or out? Those things are big questions. But because of that, and to your point about the Rumble, we talked about how wide open it was, how fun it was. It was sort of disappointment Cody won. So as we're talking about how wide open it is, how many possibilities, Cody Roman Roman winning, that's sort of a letdown. Oh, okay. I mean, if you 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 can't do that. Like if Cody's going against Roman, like just just call up TK and try to trade him back to AEW at that point. Gonna like, be can't... always right there, always so close, but just can't hit the big one. Wow. And well, my, my prediction is is that Cody will be back in AEW and if it's still up and running, uh in five years or less. He'll be back. Oh, I I fully yeah, I'm a hundred percent on board. I believe that as well. But like you can't like he's got to win this year. Like he can't do if you do Rock versus Roman and Roman win. Or excuse me, if you do Cody versus Roman and Roman wins again, like what are we doing? Like why? Why? Why did we have the Rumble? Why did we do any of this to break the record? He's so close. I mean, see, this is why Cody. This is why Cody is a white meat baby face. Because if I'm Cody, I'm taking the injured Seth and getting my championship. Right. That's me. Instead of having to go through all the bloodline and Paul Heyman and this guy and this guy, I'd take the easier path and just take on the the crazy flamingo Seth Rollins with a bad knee and win the championship. And I'm the champion. It's easier path for me. By the way, Roman, Brian Solomon pointed this out on Twitter. For Roman to pass, you know, he's going to pass Hogan about seven months. If he defends the title in the next seven months, 418 times he'll match Hogan's uh, title defenses during the same run. <laughs> yeah. So, right every there. dropping that leg 15 minute matches dropping that leg from coast to coast every <laughs> night every night uh-huh. roman sitting in orlando feet up you know just it, it is just amazing man i mean and so that's why seth is my champion because no this is no shade at the universal champion but i can't i only see that guy every blue moon and that's not the real world champion to me just not you got him in a main event Saturday. Come on now. You're you're good for two months. That was a nice raw finish. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, like, Gabe, I agree with that's how you get out of it, but it wasn't like that that was five stars. No. 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 Everyone hit their it's, finishes. Everyone got their moment. Yeah. It's even LA night. Yeah. What do we have in news and notes this week, Brian? All right, let's start with some injury news. I mentioned Punk, but some other injuries. Wrestling Observer reporting Kevin Owens has a fractured foot. He suffered back on January 5th. He worked the Rumble with it. And AEW, we mentioned earlier, Wardlow seemed to injure his knee last night, but he tweeted, he's fine. Uh, yeah, I believe in uh, in Wrestling Observer online. I think uh, Brian Alvarez and, and Meltzer were talking about um, – Potential torn meniscus, though. So very much not fine for Wardlow uh, if it ends up being a torn meniscus. I think that would lead to him missing a little bit of time, which would be unfortunate for him. Um, anytime, and really this is any sport, anytime somebody does something with something broken, like plays in a game, or like KO put on a pretty damn good match, and then you go, uh-huh. oh, his foot was broken? It was really good with a broken foot. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it was a great job by Logan Paul carrying Kevin Owens to that match. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying. Now that I know the foot's broken, like now I know who carried that match. Uh-huh. Logan Paul. Um, you know, this is when I think about 
the injury to Seth Rollins, and then we learn about Kevin Owens. A lot of up-and-age veterans, guys. A lot of guys with a lot of tread on the tires. This is why we're excited for like the, the Tiffany Strattons and some of these others on the women's side and some rest of the men's side because it's you need a, a an infusion of youth. I mean, you've been riding the wave with these veterans for a long time. You know, some of the stars that we enjoy so much, they're in their 40s. Yeah. In their, their late 30s, early 40s. We're watching Bobby Lashley. I mean, he's, I mean he's, he looks like he did 20 years ago, but he's still closer to 50 than 30. You know, he's in the four-way. Roman was a young guy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the guy with the yeah movement is the closest. Is, was he 40? Almost yeah. 40? Mm-hmm. So that's the thing you worry about is the, the youth movement, that, that you want the next level of stars. That's why I was so excited for Braun Breaker. Like here's something new and fresh. He yeah. might, he might be impactful in there and will run you over, but at least it's different. It's young. Thought you were uh, making an impact joke there. <laughs> free agency news: uh, Okada this week for wrestling is stopping his merchandise sales, but reports are it's due to New Japan deal ending. He's officially a free agent as of today. It has nothing to do with WWE or AEW. And the other big free agent, Mercedes Monet. Still out there, still TBD. There are some reports saying that they were going to be announcement Saturday, but Tony Khan didn't want that to interact with the Vince news. Other reports today say we will not see her in AEW until next month. I mean, I got to imagine his big announcement, Tony's big announcement, has to do with something with one of those two. Hopefully, but I mean, we've seen lesser big announcements. <laughs> Hold on, is AEW's in Boston soon? Aren't they? No, if it's Caliber told us. Is because they pull that thing so fast in so many cities in like in thirty seconds. I I forgot. I think AEW is in Boston pretty soon. Here, is it and is it before Revolution? Let me see. Um, and the reason why I ask is because if they're in Boston, then that's where you had announced Mercedes. Yeah, she's from Boston, but I'm just checking the dates on that. Bro, do you see that? Yeah, I don't um, see them in Boston, Canada. They're okay. in Vegas or Henderson, not quite Vegas for Super Bowl week. Kind of smart. It's outside of Vegas. Try to get some fans coming over. Part but of the apparently tw- that's not working. Ticket sales not working. That's not very close to the strip, which is where a lot of people reside in Vegas. AEW and tickets. Same difference. <laughs> I mean, again, good idea, but they probably didn't tell anybody that they were going to be in Henderson. <laughs> so nobody going is actually aware that they're going to be there because the marketing harm of AEW is non-existent. So I will just say, uh, Fightful Select has been on this for about a month now. Mercedes is going to be an AEW, period. That that she's going to be there now. When they make that big announcement, you know, before a Revolution, whatever. But she is going to be with AEW. Maybe she's going to be there at Revolution, the night that Sting retires uh, in uh, in Greensboro. But as far as um, Okada's concerned, I think that's still up in the air. Yeah, sort of feels like. Yeah, so I think that that's that's the announcement, guys. Like she's she's going to be there. She had to get healthy first, though. That's yeah, the mm-hmm. and I think she's still in that like fate recovery phase. Like she's not healthy enough to be anywhere. I don't think yet. I don't love the idea of Okada in WWE, but Okada Rollins at Mania that that'll get me going. You know what? I think you should embrace it. We yeah. I the list of like WWE versus AEW. Do we go to the list of people? I mean, if it's WWE, it's a little bit of a harder schedule. Mm-hmm. Not as hard as it used to be. The soft schedule definitely was AEW, but at least the competition, I think, and the kind of big matches 
can be there in WWE. AEW, every Wednesday, could you imagine Okada, only a top five star in the world? Eh, see on Rampage. <laughs> you know, so, so I think WWE, I, I lean for, toward WWE as a really great destination for Okada. Finally, news and notes, some new WWE announced teams. On Raw, it'll now be Michael Cole and the returning Pat McAfee. And on SmackDown, Corey Graves and Wade Barrett with Corey now providing the play-by-play. So here's Wait, Corey's doing the play-by-play? I thought yes. Wade was doing the play-by-play. I saw Corey today. I, I'm mad at Gabe Neitzel. Oh? Me? And we have heat, brother. I'm, I'm one-eighth hot. Oh, wow. Uh, as they say in wrestling, as the wrestlers say to me, I'm one-eighth hot, brother. Um, which I'd have no idea what that means. Why is it just one? <laughs> um, so I, where is your resume as a play-by-play man? You should be calling SmackDown. Look, I guess it got lost in the mail on the way there. I don't know. <laughs> this makes no sense. If anybody could do wrestling, I've, I've done it in the past. It's cool. But you should be doing it. The, I, I don't understand when Mauro Ronaldo's pretty much doing nothing. Yeah. How is it that you don't call him again and say, Morrow, we, we apologize for you being bullied by JBL or whatever happened before. You would be the perfect play-by-play guy who knows the product, that knows the business, to step in there with Graves and do SmackDown. Why are you piecemealing two wrestlers together, whether it's Graves or Wade Barrett? Uh, I mean, and both of them sort of play that heel role also. I've, I've heard both. And, and games right, I've heard both. I've heard... It's either going to be, it was Wade at first, then it was Graves at first. Either way, neither one of those guys is Grill Monsoon. So so why are they doing the play-by-play? That's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, look, I and I, I, by the, I, I am not advocating for Michael Cole to be doing both because Michael deserves to start to wind down. And he's living his dream, right? Like, he wanted to work with Pat again. So good on him. And that's going to be a great like however long this lasts, my guess is we get to we get to football season, and that might be it for Pat McAfee kind of doing this. So they get a, you know, six to eight month run here, six to seven month run before Pat's got to go do all this college game day stuff. Or maybe Pat just keeps doing this and and figured out, hey, Mondays I can still make this work, um, because I'm still you know I'm not traveling quite as much now. I'm, I'm not traveling at the beginning of the week the way I'm at the end of the week with SmackDown. I got to be out at wherever I'm at for college game day. So that great. That announced team locked in. Yeah, you mentioned Moro. Why not? Uh, who was the other guy that we were talking about last week? Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Smith. Yeah. Like why, why, why not just reach back out to him? Like why not actually get a broadcaster? Look, I, you got, you got $5 billion coming in from Netflix. You can <laughs> afford a play by play, man. I, I just think that's lazy. I do. I mean, and and what about Vic Joseph? Just because Vince didn't like him and he's six foot six doesn't necessarily mean. I mean, he's carrying Booker through those NXT shows. Yeah, why did Booker survive this? That was my hope when everything was shuffling around. I was like, no more Booker on NXT. But here we are. (laughs) Do you have a nugget about NXT Clarksville? (laughs) No. It's it's uh, that's the that's our um, our our weekend event. Yeah, Vengeance Day this weekend. Sunday, I guess it's a Sunday show. It yeah, is. Uh-huh. Going against the Pro Bowl. Is is <laughs> well, who's going to get more viewers? Who do you think? <laughs> Still uh, the Pro Bowl. We're we're a football crazed country. I have not seen the card, bro. It's I don't know what it looks like, but is there uh, anything? Yep, yeah, Dragonov versus Trick Williams for the title. Okay. Uh, the Dusty Finals. It'll be 
Carmelo and Trek versus Corbin and Ron Baker. Oh, so Trek's pulling double duty. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Lyra, yep. or how the hell you say it? The women's title defending against Roxanne Perez. Lyra Valkyrie, like Tyra Valkyrie. Weird. No, it's Val- Valkyria. Yeah, it's totally different. Lyra Valkyria. There you it's go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Oba, that young guy who's now the North American champion, defends against Dragon Lee. By the way, Trick got a hell of a re- reception on uh, on SmackDown on Friday. Reports that him, Carmelo, and Braun will both be on SmackDown Friday. Good. Youth. We talk about the youth, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So Carmelo and Trick are still together. Like I've been waiting for this separation for months. Yeah. <laughs> still together. Just, by the way, just through Twitter, because they ain't like I'm watching it every Tuesday. <laughs> I just keep seeing how Carmelo looks at Trick, and I'm just uh-huh. like, that looks like there's going to be a breakup here. It hasn't happened yet, though. When yeah. when we when friend of show uh, Brutus the Barber Beef uh, gets a call, that's how you know that uh, yeah. you know that breakup's coming. Right through the barbershop window. <laughs> so okay, so Clark's. I love the like the NXT. These little towns, right? Uh-huh. Clark, Tennessee. It'll be probably be sold out. Probably be a banger, right? Probably. Yeah. What did you guys have? And I think there were plenty of options. Matches yep. of the week. I'll make mine short because you know we can go another half hour, right? I mean, there's a lot of matches. You know, you could fight me on this. <laughs> The best match on Saturday was that steel cage match with FTR oh. and Garcia against the House of Black. Not going to fight you on that. Nobody's fighting you on that. Yep. <laughs> yep. I mean, Every, everybody I, agrees. Out of all things, that was the best match. I mean, we had the Royal Rumble, an event you love, Gabe. You love yep. the Royal Rumble. Yeah, it's my favorite thing. But only that four matches. Blew it. Blew it that out. That match was so good. Yeah. Blew, every, blew the competition out of the water in terms of in-ring action and storytelling. It, it did. I felt like I was in the arena in uh, God. What was that? That little town in Louisiana they were in. Yeah. Um, I, I felt like I was in the arena. Like it was darkened because they were hiding the empty seats probably there. It was just, <laughs> was on the cage, and I'm just like, wow. I felt like I was there. That crowd was so loud and jacked for that match. They were uh, they were throwing babies in the air, like you say back in the day. It was so loud in there, and it was amazing. I love. And that. I think Tony really added to it. Shivani, he was awesome. Yes. Yes, all it was no cheeky, you know, BS commentary from Nigel. That was locked in. That was a serious match. Kevin Owens against Logan Paul. The you know, you know how much I'm a tag team mark, guys. You know how I love tag teams. Mm-hmm. DIY against uh, Priest Judgment and, Day. and uh, Judgment Day. Yeah, Priest and, and uh, Balor was fantastic to me. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the other one I'll throw out there: the Women's Rumble. I just loved everything they did in it. Just every part of that. Swerve versus RVD. Not something I expected, but here we are in 2024. RVD is still doing the damn thing. I also love how that match started with with Hangman on the Jumbotron being like, oh, by the way, it's a hardcore match. And next thing you hear is just the chair hitting Swerve's head because RVD is just ready to go. Uh, And then the other one, just because this year is just uh, Brian Danielson living out a fever dream. Uh, Him versus Eugene Nagata on Saturday was awesome also. I don't, should you should you stooge off uh, uh, an opponent's age? Why did they say he's fifty five? And he okay, did he look like fifty five? Yes, but yeah. that was in mine. I didn't. It was not in my front of my mind. I'm like, I saw this guy in WCW. <laughs> it's like what uh, Eugene Nagata? Hmm. And they say he's fifty five. I'm like, uh, <laughs> don't stooge it off. They don't do that in WWE. Yeah. 
but I feel like Brian at this point is like, all right, I want to wrestle that guy and this guy, the CML guy this weekend. So God bless Brian Danielson. Um, I will also throw out there the main event from Raw. Um, Sammy versus Drew was really good. And my favorite part of the match was Sammy's um counter to the um to the kick. Yes. By turning it into a blue thunder bomb. Like that was a great counter. And also I I, I thought it was a creative way to end it. Because I mean, Sammy's Sammy's leaving himself exposed with the Haluva kick. It was only a matter of time before somebody realized, oh, if I duck, I can hit him in the junk. <laughs> <laughs> McIntyre's in his bag, isn't he? He's oh, so and Drew was fantastic on social media this week too. Like he tweeted the picture of like him next to CM Punk's WrestleMania grave. I don't know if you saw the video he did today, um, where he's in his home gym and he goes. Oh, we got to blow out those triceps and then starts doing like tricep exercises. <laughs> like he's, he is just continuing to somehow elevate himself in the eyes of many a wrestling fan. And then we talked about it earlier, but the hangman match last night was also fantastic on AEW. I mean, there were a lot like still, I, I thought uh, Gunther versus Kofi was good as well. Excellent. Um, like Excellent. Orange, your boy, Orange versus Commander. That was good. Like there was a lot of between yeah. Dynamite and Raw, there were a lot of good matches just on those two shows. Um, I don't know the the, the Drew McIntyre um, CM Punk promo very quickly. The old school in me says that Drew should have told Punk, "I did that on purpose. I injured you on purpose." Sure. He said, "I prayed that you would be hurt." It's different. It's a two different things. You go back even twenty years ago. And a wrestler would say, you know, I targeted you and I hurt you on purpose. And so that's exactly what I wanted to do. I put you out. It's a famous thing with um, Wahoo McDaniel uh, getting his leg broken by Greg Valentine. And Greg Valentine with the T-shirt says, I broke Wahoo's leg. He got a, had a he had a T-shirt and he kept wearing it around like, I'm the guy that broke Wahoo's leg. I did that on purpose to put you out, Wahoo. And so, but for, for Drew, it's kind of like, I prayed that you were going to be hurt. It was different. It was a different kind of twist on putting a wrestler out legitimately. Yeah. And well, I, cause I also like how he prefaced it with, I'm not a religious man. When I, when I found out that you might've been hurt, I prayed that you'd be out. Like the way he delivered it too was really good. It's different. Yeah. I liked it. The only negative is, are we guaranteed to get a payoff to that? Um, you expect there to be an extension. Uh, okay. for, right. I, I would oh. expect, because again, like we, we've talked about with Drew, like I, I don't see Drew succeeding in AEW. Like Drew would have to, Drew would have to go the Matt Cardona route, which right. would be very beneficial for him. But also as good as he is right now and with everybody else getting hurt, how do you not extend him? Because if you want to work a lesser schedule and demand whatever you want and work freaking Wembley, like you don't have to go to AEW. You can still show up at Wembley and then just bounce around. He's a hot ticket right now. That's a tough one because uh, seven days ago, they didn't need him. Now they kind of do. Uh-huh. Now they kind of do. Think about it, guys. Yeah. Or it's like, yeah, you're just going to finish up. Uh, and so you can. But now with Punk on, uh, can we just tack on a couple extra years? Yeah, but you haven't put me. I mean, I was the champion and I was doing all these jobs. And I was doing, and I was with my family, and I did all these these uh, house shows, and got nothing for it. Yeah, but you're in the main event, uh, like yeah, but I'm not in the title picture. Yeah, you kind of are now. 
You were going to title Fitzgerald yeah. home. You were going to end the streak. Or not. See? See? You got to see what Tyson Fury. Isn't that good enough? He's got him by the balls now, guys. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he does. And that's, yep. that is going to be the big storyline to pay attention to after WrestleMania. But we are officially on that road to WrestleMania. Make sure you check out all the content that Brian put up. Subscribe to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash at Wrestling. Comment, subscribe. Check, take a look at some of the old shows because it's all available on video. Or, of course, you can continue to listen via podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back again next week with another edition 